Thanks for joining us for today's edition of Lessons for Living. His word so fresh in our hearts abound. His word made flesh in the here and now. A new life is beginning. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. The real teacher this morning is not the person behind the pulpit. The real teacher is the Holy Spirit. He wrote this book, the Bible. So what does he do to you? He illuminates things. As I'm going through the teaching from the word of God, different things will pop in your mind. It's kind of like this, uh aha moment. Uh Whoa. Some of you didn't know you had the Holy Spirit in you. Somebody this morning already didn't know that you could be assured of your salvation. So he's the one that teaches us and tells us how to do life right. Do you realize today that if you've accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you have the Holy Spirit inside of you to convict, comfort, direct, and much more? Today, Pastor Mark will highlight all that the Holy Spirit brings to the life of a believer. Many people try to do life alone without God. We were not designed this way. His plan for your life is to be used according to the purpose and working of His Spirit. There is no one better to put your trust in for this life. Nothing comes close to the capabilities of a life that is wholeheartedly devoted to and led by the Holy Spirit. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of this broadcast. Now, here's Pastor Mark in the Gospel of John as he continues with part two of his message, The Necessity of the Holy Spirit. How long is our divine helper, the Holy Spirit, the person of the Holy Spirit, how long is he with us? That's a great thing. That's an amazing thing. It's not for three years and he's leaving and somebody else is coming because we have the whole Trinity all taken care of. God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. Now, when you see that, I just want you to encourage your friend next to you. I'll decide, you decide which is your friend to turn to. And just say to them, the Holy Spirit is my divine helper. Come on. Holy, turn to him, turn to him. Now that person you disc on the left, turn to the one on the other high and say the same thing in all our campuses. Come on. The Holy Spirit is my divine helper. The Holy Spirit is a person you can communicate with and you can know. Now the Holy Spirit... The presence of God in the Old Testament, when the temple or the tabernacle was built, God resided, even though he was all over the world, he resided for the Jewish people in one place, the Holy of Holies. His presence would be there. How many people got to experience the presence of God in the the Old Testament? Basically, when they went to the temple, who got to do that? The high priest. How often did he get to experience the presence of God? How often? Once a a year. So I couldn't say to you this morning, I'm sorry, the Holy Spirit lives in you. There was such a rarity in the Old Testament. 
Do you realize how blessed we are today? We don't have to go to a wall. 24-7, I have access to this divine helper. What a joy. Now, when Jesus was here, he taught three relationships with the Holy Spirit. Three. So here's the first two I'm going to discuss. Write it down this morning. Here's the first one. Here's the first relationship a person can have with God, the Holy Spirit. Convicted by the Spirit, Jesus said, he'll be with you. He'll be alongside you. You see, before the salvation, he's saying to his disciples, the Holy Spirit isn't in you yet. He isn't in you yet. He's beside you. Now, here's what happens. Before salvation, before you and I become a Christian, the Holy Spirit is with us. He's alongside of us. He's convicting of us our sin, our lack of being right with God, and, and certain judgment that will come at death. See, our sin separates us. Now, the goal of the Holy Spirit being alongside of us is to get us to admit our sin and ask for God to forgive us. So let me give you an example. Here's how this works. And it's not just in church. It can work anywhere. This is you, you and me, a sinner. By the way, uh, convicting us, if you're a Christian today, Everyone started with relationship number one. The Holy Spirit is the spirit. What is the real you this morning? It's spirit. It's not your flesh and blood. It's not your mind. It's your spirit. So you're in a church service. You're watching Charles Stanley teach online. You've been to Billy Graham's conference way long ago, or Greg Laurie or whatever. And you're there and you're an unbeliever. And that pastor, that person that's speaking, the lady teacher, whatever, they're talking about well, your sins separate you from God. If you want to go to heaven, you have to have your sins forgiven. You, you can't be good enough to do that. God will do that, but you have to repent, believe, and accept Jesus Christ. And so where is the Holy Spirit? Now, in our campuses this morning, guaranteed, there's some of you that are not believers. Uh, somebody came to me the last service, said, I used to come, and I, I've gotten away from God. I need to come back to God. Well, who told him to do that? Not me. The Holy Spirit. He says to, to this person, you know, to your spirit, not out loud, to your spirit. You're not right with God. So some of you this morning say, well, I, I want to go to, you mean, uh, uh, are you kidding? I can't be good enough? No, you can't be good enough. So the Holy Spirit is going to speak to you. He's alongside of you. Now that's done in the spirit. It's not like weird. It's the spirit speaking to you. By the way, I can give you one true statement. Satan is not saying to you this morning in your seat, you need to get saved and listen to that pastor. No, Satan's saying, that guy's crazy. You're a good person. No, the spirit, first thing he does to us is convict us. Now, what's my role then? To repent, believe, and ask for Jesus to come into my life. If you're a Christian this morning, a Christ follower, the first step, always conviction. And after that, you'll see that there's more. Now, what's the second relationship I can have with the Holy Spirit? Here it is. Indwelt by the Spirit. In other words, he comes to live in us. 1 Corinthians 6, 19. Don't you realize that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit? Now look at me, all the campuses. Why would Paul say to, to people in the church, don't you realize the Holy Spirit lives in you? Why would he say, don't you realize? Because they didn't realize. They may have known it, but they've forgotten it. I'm sure all of us at times do that. We forget that the moment you become a Christian, the Holy Spirit comes to live in us. He doesn't, he's not here Monday through Friday. Well, I'm taking a long weekend. See ya. He lives in us 24-7. He's our divine helper in every situation. 
So Paul says, notice, don't you realize that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who lives in you and was given to you by God? It's a gift. It comes with salvation. Now, these next few words I could speak for an hour on, but I don't have time this morning because some of you don't get this at all. And then Paul says this, you do not belong to yourself. Forget the selfies. When the Holy Spirit comes in, who is boss? The Holy Spirit. That's what it means to be controlled by the Holy Spirit, to be led by the Holy Spirit. So if you're a Christian, you say, well, wait a minute. I didn't sign a paper that said that I, I don't belong to myself. Why, are you kidding? No, I'm not kidding. When you accepted Christ, you turned the control of your life, my life, over to God. By the way, that's the only way you'll do life right. You want to try to do it yourself? That's why you came to Christ, because we can't. So the second thing that happens, the moment you become a Christian, the Holy Spirit comes to live in us, and he begins to conform us, to make us like Christ, fruit of the Spirit, all those kind of things. So he lives in us, and every single day, 24-7, you have God, the Holy Spirit, the divine helper living in you. Now, what can the Holy Spirit do for us? What does he want to do for us? Well, lots of things. And I just want to give you a few this morning. And I want you to write these down because sometimes we, we miss this. So here's the first one you can write down. When the Holy Spirit lives in us, just like Jesus, remember all the things I said Jesus would do? He taught, he convicted, he encouraged, he uh, uh, corrected, he, he, he led, he did all that. Same, another one just like him. What's the Holy Spirit do for you this morning? Me. The Holy Spirit assures me. One of the first things that happens when a person becomes a Christian is they are introduced to spiritual warfare. Now, when a person accepts Christ, maybe this morning you'll accept Christ and we'll give you a Bible and you'll leave the service and you go, wow, my sins are forgiven. This is fantastic. And and you get home and, and you sit down for a moment and there'll be a voice that comes to you. What's the voice say? Congratulations. No, the voice is this. That was all emotion. Nothing happened to you. And all of a sudden, difficulties come. Storms come. And you call the Christian friend that invited you. I thought you told me when I come to Christ, everything's going to be fine. It's got worse since I came to Christ. Welcome to Christianity. It's what happens. That's why people that say, well, just come to Christ. Everything's perfect in your life forever. I don't know where you live, but that ain't the way it works. Because Satan hates people coming. So what's he put in our mind about salvation? Doubt, 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 doubt. Anybody here, don't even raise your hand because I know every hand's going to go up. Mine included. Ever doubt your salvation? You think God came to you and said, are you sure you really saved? No, that's Satan. He's condemning us. He's always condemning us. Let me, let me read you this verse. Romans eight sixteen. For the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, joins with our spirit to affirm that we are God's children. You're, if you're really a believer, the Spirit tells you you are. You want to be secure. The worst thing to do is be insecure. Am I? Am I not? Am I? Am I not? Oh, the storm's coming. God help me. I think I am now. Okay. Three weeks later, then forget. Am I? Am I? No, no, no. That's not the way you live. I want to be secure. You can know if you're a Christian today. That's what First John says. You can absolutely know it. Number two, the Holy Spirit teaches and reminds me. The real teacher this morning is not the person behind the pulpit. The real teacher is the Holy Spirit. He wrote this book, the Bible. So what does he do to you? 
He illuminates things. As I'm going through the teaching from the word of God, different things will pop into your mind. It's kind of like this uh, aha moment. Uh Whoa. Some of you didn't know you had the Holy Spirit in you. Somebody this morning already didn't know that you could be assured of your salvation. So he's the one that teaches us and tells us how to do life right. The Holy Spirit comforts me. He's another comforter. Comfort means to come alongside, to support, to encourage. You understand, we're just people. We can say some kind words. We can pray. We can hold them. But the Spirit needs to be comforted. And who is that to that husband? It's the Holy Spirit. Jesus had to do that often. Next, he helps me pray. You know, there's times when we don't know how to pray. How do I pray for this? And let's be honest. All of us have kind of sometimes we're selfish in our prayers. We're just praying for us. Now, let me guarantee you, when the Holy Spirit helps you pray, what will he always pray? God's will. Because he's God. He's not going to pray my will. God, I don't know why you sent this thing. Get this thing out of my life, this trouble. No, maybe I have to go through it. And the Holy Spirit will only pray. No, God will give you strength to go through it. God will give you strength to go through it. The next one is a big one for all of us, and not just unbelievers. The Holy Spirit corrects, or can I say, convicts us, me. Look at what Paul writes to Timothy. All scripture, Bible, is inspired by God and is useful to teach us what is true and to make us realize what is wrong in our lives. It corrects us when we're wrong and teaches us to do what is right. You see, it's not just an unbeliever that gets convicted. A believer gets convicted because we're not perfect. And when we sin, the Holy Spirit will come to us. And I usually do that often in my morning time. I assess yesterday, but sometimes I have to do it right there. You know, you ever said something to your spouse or to a friend or whatever, and immediately the Spirit goes, really? Really? And sometimes we get so mad, I'm just going to walk away from the situation and let them storm. And then all of a sudden we have to go back to our spouse or friend or whatever and say, I'm sorry, I was wrong. Well, who, who told you you were wrong? The Holy Spirit. Because he's trying to keep us what? On the inside, being like Christ. So we need that all the time. All of us do. Patience and all the other things that come with this. But there's, if there's anything you and I need in life, it's I need guidance and direction. Look at this last one. The Holy Spirit leads and he guides us. John 16, 13 says this. When the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. You see, as we look at people, as we look at situations, as we look at our government and all the, it's hard to see what's real and what isn't real. We can't see the hearts of people. We can see stuff. But God knew we needed someone to lead us every single day. We need to know the will of God, what to do, where to go, when, how. We, we don't want to try to navigate life on our own. So think about this. It's essential this morning as a Christian. I'm speaking to all of the campuses. It's essential that we know the Holy Spirit, our divine helper, can do for us what he can do for us. I gave you a few samples. Many of you were unaware that you have God that lives in you. You don't have to go to church. Except the Bible says, as we get even closer to the end, be in church on a more regular basis. 
Because we need to be encouraged. We need to be comfortable. We need to be taught. Our world, our world is so immoral and it's getting worse. We have to protect ourselves. And so that's what we do in church. This is how we mature. This is how we grow. So it's essential, you know, this morning, when you walk out of this building, wherever you're at, in any campus, if you're a Christian, you have the Holy Spirit with you. And he's doing all of those things just as if it was 2,000 years ago when Jesus was with his disciples. That's what the Holy Spirit's doing for you. He's a person you can know and trust and have a personal relationship. God lives in us today. So it's essential for you and I to know that. Who needs to know that there is a Holy Spirit that can live in them? Our unbelieving neighbors and friends and co-workers. Because what are they trying to do this morning? They are trying to navigate life without God. Does it work? No, it doesn't work. Impossible. Never designed to work. Right from the beginning, Adam, Eve, God. Threesome. That's the way it worked. So it's impossible. So not only do we need to be reminded, but our neighbors don't know this at all. So let me give you this challenge to write down this morning. And I want you to pray about it. This is a great week to do it. VIO, learn to share with unbelievers these benefits of doing life with God, the Holy Spirit. They don't know somebody can guide them. They don't know that they can look at the Bible and the Holy Spirit can teach them. They don't know that there's someone, God, that can comfort them. They don't know that God can encourage them. One of the most exciting things about being led by God is to be able to hear his voice. Romans 8, 14 says this, for all who are led by the spirit of God are children of God. You can work that around just the opposite. If you're a child of God, you're going to be led by the Holy Spirit. That's my God, I don't know what to do. Well, if you're a Christian, ask the Holy Spirit. He'll direct you, normally through the word of God, but sometimes we'll get, he'll guide us, he'll nudge us, he'll speak to our spirits so I can take the next steps of faith. Does God expect of every Christ follower when they're led to do just that? Your commandment is to seek and save the lost. So look for ways to do that. This is why we're in this series. Now I want you to turn to John chapter 4. Very familiar passage. I will go through it incredibly quick. And let me just explain to you. The Samaritans and the Jews in Jesus' day didn't get along. So John 4, 4 says this. Now he had to, Jesus go through Samaria. Jesus was teaching his disciples what it means to be led by the Spirit. Remember, Jesus was being led by the Holy Spirit, his divine helper. And Jesus says to his disciples, I'm going to go, when he got up that morning, he says, God told me I'm going through Samaria. Now, the disciples would have said to Jesus, are you crazy? Those Samaritans hate us Jews. What a waste of your time. They weren't being led. Jesus was being led. So they're going to follow. Now, as they follow, they'll discover that God's ways are not our ways. And God has, when, he, when Jesus gets to the well, there's a woman there. And he begins to interact. At first, he asks for a drink of water. By the way, Jesus is man, so he's physically thirsty, and he's physically hungry, and he was tired. So he interacts with this lady for a while. And he begins to use a word as an illustration. He says to you, I have living water. You'll never have to even go down to the well for water anymore. She says, give me that water. 
She didn't understand that he was using a spiritual term. What he meant is I have salvation for you. I am the living water. If I give that to you, if you'll accept me, repent and believe, then you will never thirst for anything spiritually. Oh, you may be thirsty physically, but you'll never search for anything spiritually. But he said to her first, in his mind, I got to deal with their sin problem. So he says to her, go get your husband. And she says to Jesus, partial truth, I don't have a husband. Then Jesus said to her, well, you've had five husbands and you divorced them. And the man you're living with right now is not your husband. Now, how did Jesus know that? The spirit. The spirit. He had divine word from God. And so the woman goes, whoa, you must be a prophet. And what happens at the end of the story? She accepts Jesus. She repents of those sins. She receives living water and she becomes a follower of Jesus Christ. Now look at verse 28. Look what happens after this takes place. Verse 28. Then leaving her water jar, the woman went back to the town and said to the people, come see a man who told me everything I ever did. Could this be the Christ? Now, let me ask you a question. How complicated was her testimony? Don't you think this is amazing? She just gets saved. And what is the next thing she's doing? Witnessing. She's on mission. And what does she say? Hey, come and meet a man who told me everything I ever did. Could this be the Messiah? It's very simple. It's very clear, just like you saw on the Old Testament. Could she go to the Old Testament? Now, he took me to the book of Isaiah. Let me show you Isaiah. She wouldn't know a thing about that. She didn't get it. She just said, I met a man. I repented of my sins. He knew everything about me, and I'm a different person. That's all. It's a personal testimony. That was the starting point. Now, when she shared that, she shared it minutes after she was saved. What a challenge for you and I. Now, all we have to do, basically, she's saying, come and, come and see. You know what that includes to us? Come and listen to my testimony. Come to church next weekend. Let me show you that you can know God. Do you understand? It's the love of God. Now, verse 30. Look at verse 30. And they, the people of the town, came out of the town and made their way toward him. So here comes all these people from the town. They're coming out because what, they, what she said kind of piqued their attention. Whoa. Well, when Jesus was ministering to the woman at the well, the disciples weren't there. They, they went home. No, they didn't go home. They went to McDonald's down the way. <laughs> they were hungry. And so they got a carry out and they came back to Jesus. And they're offering Jesus food. And basically, Jesus said, uh, uh, and you'll see in a moment, I don't need any food. They go, well, who, who is here to give you food? We're so far out in the wilderness, there's nobody had any food at all. Look at verse 34. Look at my food, my purpose, my meaning in life is to do the will of him who sent me and to finish his work. The Holy Spirit teaches, reminds, comforts, and corrects every Christ follower. Today we learn from Pastor Mark all that the Holy Spirit brings to our life. So many people do not understand that God the Holy Spirit is a personal God who wants to be involved in the details of our lives. The Holy Spirit sees and knows all of our troubles. If there's anything we all need in this life, it's direction and guidance 
and God's got us covered. Maybe you're listening right now and God has placed a certain person on your heart that needs to hear this message. Or maybe you'd like to share it with all of your friends. There's a simple way to share this message. Log on to Lessons for Living Radio and click on the radio program option in the main menu. There, you'll find the Lessons for Living media player. In the Messages tab, simply click on today's date. Then you can share today's message directly on your Facebook page, Twitter feed, or send a link via email. You can even embed today's message directly. Again, to share today's message with friends and family members, log on to LessonsForLivingRadio.com. Click on the radio program button, then simply click on today's date. You'll find all the options to share. How does the Holy Spirit influence our mission to value and impact one individual? In the next edition of Lessons for Living, Pastor Mark will show listeners that one of the most exciting things about being a Christ follower is learning to hear God's voice and being led by the Holy Spirit. We see examples of this in Scripture. Our Lord has not given us a mission and purpose without supplying us the necessary resources through His Spirit. You've been listening to Lessons for Living with Pastor Mark Balmer of Calvary Chapel, Melbourne. Please join us again here on Lessons for Living, and together, let's do life right. In a hurting world, a new hope he is given.